0: Hi, I'm Monica Hallen, and this is my podcast, Let's Talk Money. Every Friday, a new episode will drop that gives you a snapshot analysis of one money-related topic that has meaning in your life, and then I answer your money questions. My hope is to put you on the path to financial stability and freedom. So, let's talk money. You must have heard of the National Pension System or the NPS. The NPS is a way to accumulate a retirement corpus, especially for Indians who are not a part of the organised sector workforce and therefore they are not on the Employees Provident Fund or the EPF scheme. But you know, there's a whole backstory of the NPS and I think it's worth telling. All the way back in 1998, the government constituted a committee and this was called the Old Age Social and Income Security Project, or the OASIS Project. And this had to look into the question of old age security for Indians. The committee mapped two issues. It said, one, that India has a very small organised sector workforce, which has access to benefits around targeting retirement funds through provident funds and pensions. Two, there's an increasing burden on the government finances of the defined benefit pensions drawn by government employees. A defined benefit pension, you must know, is a formula-based pension that is usually a percentage of the last drawn salary of the worker. And many times, this gets adjusted for inflation along the way. And the burden on the state just balloons. Remember that when these formulas and rules were put in place, the longevity of the human race was much lower. In fact, life expectancy in the 1960s was just 40 years. And now it is 72 in India. The fact that people are living longer hugely increases the burden on the state. And much of the fiscal issues that we see in some European countries are due to this problem of an increasing pension burden on a smaller worker cohort. The Oasis report proposed the setting up of a defined contribution scheme This is a low-cost scheme for Indians to target a retirement corpus and pension. The then Vajpayee government mandated that all central government employees be transitioned to the NPS by the year 2004. But the Vajpayee government soon got voted out and the new government, the UPA government, continued with this policy. And we see that India's pension burden as a percentage of the budget has declined and is now 4% down from the highest 6% in the earlier years. The report was submitted in 2000, and by 2004, all the new entrants to the central government were transitioned from the old pension scheme to the new one. In the year 2009, the NPS was opened up to all citizens. And NPS, you must know, is particularly good for those in the unorganised sector who now have a long-term vehicle to target their pensions. So this much is the background. You must be wondering, what is the scheme? As I said, it's a defined contribution scheme, as opposed to the earlier defined benefit scheme. In the NPS, the investor saves a percentage of her income, and the employer usually matches that saving. So if 12% of basic salary is saved by you, then your employer adds another 12%, making it 24% of the basic. If you access the NPS directly without an employer, there's no matching contribution, of course. So you will have to save more to keep pace with those in the organized sector. Now, this money has been contributed. You now have a choice of various mutual funds to invest into. The choice is between schemes that invest in just government bonds or corporate bonds or equity, and now a small part in alternative investments. And if you don't want to choose, You can also invest via what are called life cycle funds. And there are two of them. What these do is that they change the debt and equity allocation as you age, reducing equity as you near the age of 60, in keeping with the lower risk taking ability. When do you get your money back? Well, because it's a retirement product, you cannot withdraw your money midway. And at age 60, the product matures. You can take 60% of the accumulated funds as a lump sum, and you pay no taxes on it. Of the remaining 40%, you need to purchase what is called an annuity. This annuity income is taxable. There are a lot of resources on the net on the scheme, and I would advise you to take a close look at the NPS if you are not a part of the organised sector. For gig workers, this could be an excellent option. But if you're already in an EPF scheme through your employer, you can give this a miss. Remember that NPS is one of the lowest cost products in the market. Your only worry is that at age 60, you will have to move 40% of your money to an annuity and you lose control of your money at that point. My advice is this. If you can invest systematically in a low cost index mutual fund yourself, you should do just that. But if you want the discipline of a contribution that must be made in a product that you cannot tap into easily and you like the idea of an annuity income, this is a great product for you. Write in to me and tell me if you want me to do a deep dive into the product choices, the returns, and the other features of the NPS. Okay, let's move to questions. And today I'm answering all your questions, you NRIs out there. May, let's see what we have.
1: So this one is from Manish Singh in Singapore. He says, I am an NRI holding a Singapore passport and I do not have an Aadhaar card. All I have is the OCI card. I have never invested in India and I want to start. So how do I proceed? I know I should open a DMAT account and then I can start with mutual funds, but I really don't know what options I have. Manish,
0: to want to be a part of the India growth story is a great idea. And the good news is that as an OCI or an overseas citizen of India, you are allowed to invest in many financial products like stocks, mutual funds and deposits, along with some categories of real estate. The bad news is that there is a whole lot of paperwork involved and this might take time. But once you front load the work and set up a system, it should work really smoothly. So let's begin with the products you cannot invest in. You cannot invest in the public provident fund or the PPF. You cannot invest in the government's small saving schemes, nor the sovereign gold bond scheme. You cannot invest in agricultural, plantation or farmhouse land. And you cannot invest in all the shares in the market, only a defined set So let's come to what you can invest in. You can invest in shares through what is called the Portfolio Investment Scheme or the PIS. This is a scheme of the Reserve Bank of India under which NRIs can purchase or sell shares of some listed Indian companies. You have to get the PIS document from the bank where your NRE or NRO account is. Remember, not all branches of banks issue this letter. There are some designated branches that administer the PIS. You can also invest in mutual funds, ETFs and bonds. The paperwork is extensive and you need to have copies of your passport, visa copy, the overseas India card, proof of residence, your PAN card and photographs. You should contact the Indian banks that have branches in Singapore to take this forward. Many of the big Indian banks have a presence there. Good luck with the investing, Manish. There is a lot of paperwork to be done, but I'm sure it'll be worth it.
1: Next, we have from Abu Dhabi, Deepak Tinakran. He says, I am considering acquiring both life and medical insurance, and I'm seeking advice on whether the premium should be structured for the entire 80 years or completed within a 10-year time frame. My belief is that this approach would mitigate the impact of inflation, allowing for more substantial growth in my investment accounts. Your guidance on this matter would be highly valued.
0: Deepak, you need medical insurance lifelong. But understand that life insurance need not be bought for your entire life. And I will unpack this. Medical insurance is the safety net in case you fall ill, contract a disease or have an accident and need hospitalization in India. This need increases as you age and a good medical insurance policy is an absolute must-have. You should buy a lifelong renewable medical insurance policy and must remember to renew every year. However, the life insurance cover is needed only till the time you have gathered your retirement corpus. The day that you are debt-free and do not depend on a salary input for your living cost, you can stop renewing your pure term life insurance policy, Deepak. The investment-oriented life insurance policies must be funded till they mature. But do check what is the insurance amount on these policies. Remember that you usually need at least 10 times your annual income as a life cover. My suggestion is to buy a pure term cover that is renewable at least till the age 65. Most people are able to be financially free by that age. And if you happen to get financially independent before that, you can stop the policy anytime you want. But do remember to add the loans you have to the insurance cover that you buy for your life. So Deepak, medical insurance is lifelong. Life insurance only till you need it.
1: This one is coming in from the USA. Parth Sheth asks... We are moving back to India next month from the U.S. after spending over 16 years here. I'm 34, my spouse is 33, and my daughter is 3, with a second child on the way in June 2024. We have a net investable corpus of 5 crore, net of all one-time expenses such as cars, etc. We expect our monthly expenses to be 2 to 3 lakhs. We're moving back to start a business, but... It'll take two to three years to get additional income from it. I plan to join our family business and expect 12 lakh per year in salary upon return in the meantime. My dilemma is this. Should we invest all of our savings in an FD at 7.5% interest and live off it in the short term for, say, three to five years? Or set aside one crore for expenses and emergency fund and invest the rest in equity markets over the next 12 months? If the interest rates were low, this would have been an easy decision. But with 7.5% interest rate, I feel this can be a great safety net for our family till we figure out ways to increase our annual income.
0: But this is a big shift that you're making. And it's better to be financially stable than take big risks with your money. You said you need 24 lakh in addition to the 12 lakh that you will get as a family income. At an FD, which is at 7.5%, you will need a corpus of 3.2 crore to give you this return. But you also need to account for some inflation and emergencies. So this is what I suggest. Use 3.5 crore in the 7.5% fixed deposit. But remember to break up that FD investment into smaller bits so that if you want to shift at a later date, you don't have to liquidate the entire gigantic FD. You need another one crore rupees in an emergency fund. I would recommend fixed deposits, or if you understand mutual funds, you can look at a low risk money market fund. You now have 50 lakh to invest in equities for the long term. If you do not know how to choose active funds, go with a passive index fund on the Nifty 50 or the Sensex. My one word of caution will be to choose a large commercial bank, private or public sector for your fixed deposit. Do not get tempted by smaller banks cooperative banks or corporate deposits that might give you a higher interest but maybe a little more risky I want you to stay safe with your survival money as you make this big shift and one more word of caution be careful when you deal with your bank banks now hard sell insurance products as fixed deposits ensure that you have indeed invested in an FD and not in an insurance policy Your biggest risk today is for a bank that mis-sells toxic products to you. And I'm wishing you all the good luck with the Big Shift Path. And that's a wrap for today. I enjoy answering your money questions. Remember, I don't look at individual portfolios. I don't recommend products. Look upon this space as a place to ask strategy questions, doubts, and just basic things that you might not understand. Each time you have a good money outcome, I feel that I have won. To make sure that you don't miss an episode, press follow. And help your friends get money smart by sharing a link with them. You can reach out to me at mail me at the rate That's Monica with a K. Tag my social media handles at the rate MonicaHullen. And finally, remember that you should have money and money should not have you. So let's talk money again soon. Bye.
1: Let's Talk Money is hosted by Monica Halan. This is a Made in India production. Creator Director, May Mariam Thomas. Project Manager, Sean Phantom. Head of Audio Production, Karthik Kulkarni. Producer, Meghna Gulati. Sound Editor, Lakshman Parsuram. Artwork Design, by Alika Gupta.